Hey everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Sports Jerks podcast, land of the hot takes and home of the take me out to the ball game, take me out with the loud... And this is a one-off sort of edition. We've decided to release these sort of sports jerk sound bites. Josh, why don't you fill us in on what we're doing here today? Yes, sir. Welcome to a special edition of Sports Jerks, where we are going to go over our top three favorite sports movies. Now, you know, you hear us every Friday. We talk a lot about current events. We try to keep things fresh and up to date. But we realize there's so much other stuff that we want to talk about. So whenever they come up, we're going to record short, you know, one-off kind of episodes. And this week, it's all about the sports movies. Man, there's just so many good sports movies. And it's obviously impossible to narrow it down to, you know, just three. But we thought we'd generate some conversation, some agreements, some disagreements. And it's exciting because there's so many different kinds of sports movies, right? You have the tearjerkers, you have the action-packed ones, you have, uh, you know, your comedies. And so we tried our best to kind of narrow it down. And uh, we're going to start with some honorable mentions because, of course, um, you know, we we couldn't just kind of leave any of those out of here. So I want to know what people think. And Josh, I'll have you go ahead and list some of your honorable mentions. Hit me with a couple. Man, this was actually so tough. It's funny because it's like, you know, you always have your go-to kind of movies, like sports movies or no movies. And then, you know, when you meet somebody and you're like, what's your favorite movie? You're always kind of like long pause, right? Like there's just, so it's actually really hard to kind of rank them. But a few that I was really sad. And honestly, when we started talking about this, I thought for sure they would make my top three. Miracle. I Love that movie. I know me and you had talked about it. I don't know if you had even seen it at this point. Embarrassingly enough, no. But I mean, it's one of those ones where, you know, I don't think it had that kind of like box office impact that it's like, oh, you kind of had to see it. I think for me, I don't remember when I first came across it, but honestly, I've seen it like 30 times. I mean, it's a lot of like American propaganda hockey, to be honest. Like it it really paints them in like this beautiful light of like this underdog going up against like the Russians, which I guess they were at the time, but like also they couldn't you know, touch the Canadians for a good portion of it, but it's super well done. It's one of those ones like the, the actual hockey on ice hockey is shot phenomenally. There is some of the funniest lines in there that they're not even trying to be like, I don't want to butcher it right now, but there's a point where they're in a bar and this one guy walks in and this like super like Bostonian hockey player just like goes on this really ridiculous rant. And every time I cry, cause it just, um, if you're listening to this and you know the part, I'm going to find the clip, I'll put it on our Instagram. So, so you guys can really follow along <laughs> because it's just, it just, I don't know. It's just so good. That was definitely one for me. That was one that I thought for sure top three it did not make it did you have any of those i did i did i had a couple of them and i wrestled with it for a bit but my first honorable mention is moneyball moneyball i love moneyball i think it's a i think it's a good mix of you know funny points but obviously mostly serious and i don't know just the performances brad pitt jonah hill uh, those guys have sort of disappeared in recent years. Um, but, you know, at that point, they were sort of such a dynamic duo in that movie because, I don't know, you just saw, like, the back side of baseball. No matter how dramatized it was, I'm sure, which is a lot. But, you know, um, I-, I loved it. And I loved, like, kind of the the sort of they visit his past at the same time kind of alongside what they're dealing with in the present and targeting different players and, and the historical side of it, too. 
Uh, Moneyball is a terrific one. The one thing I did not like about Moneyball, and ultimately, I'll be honest with you, for those who have seen it and why it didn't make my top three, is sort of the ending was confusing when he's in the car and he's listening to the to the recording that his daughter made for him, and she's singing, you're a loser, dad, and something like that. And I just... I don't know if there's. What? I don't know if so, I, I did that. It happens. happens. That yeah, happens. it happens. And I, no, yeah, I caught not, it on cable. I, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Okay, because okay, obviously now I have to kind of give away like at least my third. I did choose Moneyball as my third, <laughs> so I I do remember. Okay, they're in the they're in the department store, and he's buying her a guitar. Mm-hmm. And she decides to sing that song to mm-hmm. him. That and and then he starts crying. It's like a beautiful moment, actually. So it's it's kind of cheesing me that you didn't like it. <laughs> but she sings this like Taylor Swift esque song, and he's crying. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. I know. Like I was just like, what a beautiful fucking moment out of nowhere. But that was the song at the end. Mm-hmm. No, and I don't think she was talking about her dad being a loser. I saw what they were trying to go with the narrative hook and the remember this part and all that. I just didn't like it. I felt like uh, we were seeing this tumultuous moment where the A's lost and Brad Pitt's all pissed off, uh, and then he's driving, right. and then his brat kid has to send him something like that. I don't know <laughs> his brat to rub kid. it in. I know there's some sort of special okay. moment that's going over my head there, but uh, you know to say that it it definitely twisted my distortion and, and left me on a sour note um i have to be honest there truthful. you have a twisted view yeah. you have a twisted view how well that since you went. revealed your number three um and you yes. know we'll get back to honorable mentions you know if we have time if we have a moment but you know one each is uh, is a pretty good reflection of how we're feeling so since sure. you revealed your number yeah. three i'm gonna hit you with my number three and my number three is a league of their own oh beautiful movie such a good movie man and i think it gets more politically present and 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 you know significant as the years go on definitely it definitely does and i mean it has so many like iconic people in it too i think it's one of those sports movies and again maybe like what you're alluding to like the political or like the socio the sociological view of that movie that a lot of men maybe don't watch it but the cast is insane rosie o'donnell is in it which is hilarious like they're pretty much like that's a thumbs up right away you have madonna tom hanks is honestly that might be my favorite movie by him yeah no I, I, it's right up there for sure and again it's one of those that doesn't feel like a sports movie right it doesn't feel like a sports movie it feels like a, a drama or like an emotional sort of you know set piece but with back uh, baseball as the backdrop Right. I mean, I, I would say that I felt like they actually did like a lot of justice to how like they shot the actual scenes, because I do find sometimes when they really don't nail like the actual footage of the sport, they kind of lose me. And we've seen that with like kind of a lot of these movies where, you know, like they'll, they'll put it out and it's just like they kind of half-assed like the you see it a lot with hockey movies. It's probably because like their budgets are probably a little bit mm-hmm. lower, but I mean... Yeah, I thoroughly love that. There's so many quotable lines. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> like, just the way that he delivers that is just, it kind of transcended time and sport. And, I mean, I'm forgetting the the main actress who plays the backcatcher in that movie. But I'm blanking, too. You know, it's one of those movies that uh, we've all seen before. Uh, and then you... Is it Gina, Gina Davis? What's her... It might be. It we'll need Davis? a fact check on this. We'll need to consult Izzy for a fact check on this. We will, actually. Yes, we definitely yeah, but, will. And it's you know it's sad that I don't realize it, but it's one of those things, again, where it doesn't really... Like, I mean, of course, it focuses on main characters, but it's sort of like an ensemble cast. You fall in love with the entire team. Yes. Right? And yes. Um, 
it's just one of those things that one of those movies that gets better with time. And I think it should be almost like required viewing in like history classes, American history classes, because it ties. Yeah, into I mean, it is. Yeah, it, it really is interesting. And I mean, like you kind of said is, you know, you, you have the, you know, WNBA really is coming to like it's it's height of you know, how big it's ever been. We have the WNHL that's coming back. We're seeing like a big push into women's, you know, into women's sports. And I think, you know, that's a part of the history that they have been fighting for this for a very, very long time. And there were a lot of really, really talented women that were playing baseball and and, um, obviously a number of other sports. And I feel like that movie, you know, really drove home that point while being funny while being entertaining while having a killer cast it's one of those things where all the stars align and it was phenomenal going back to mine moneyball you know you kind of disrespected it a little bit that's fine um obviously i think like for you know baseball enthusiasts i think that it was kind of a double-edged sword right because you really saw like something you know super interesting and something that forever changed the game and i think every sport has kind of come into this money ball type of you know management like we see it with like guys like kyle dubas they're like in their late 30s they're analytical guys first they didn't come up like you know for 20 years in some minor league, they, they got the job because of their understanding of analytics. So what I didn't like about the ending was kind of like, I feel like they were trying to appease the old baseball fan at the end where they make that point where they're like, you can't reinvent the game. They're still stealing and bunting and all this stuff. And, and Billy and Billy Bean didn't do that and blah, blah, blah. They kind of backhanded him at the end. And I was, and I was like, was that really necessary? Okay, it didn't work out, but at the end of the day, it's still an economics game. Like we've said a number of times on our regularly scheduled programming <laughs> is that, you know, when you have $150 million to spend and you go up against a team that's only worth $40 million, you're going to have a lot of issues winning over a long stretch of time. It's like gambling against the casino. Sure, you can win. Sure, you can, you know, you one day you can do amazing, but if you do it enough, you're going to probably lose, right? Mm. But so I, I felt like it was kind of disrespectful. But in general, again, same thing, that cast, Jonah Hill, at that time, who would have ever thought that he could have killed a role like that? Yeah, that's the thing, right? At that time, like stepping back into when that movie came out, that was a big deal because he was doing only funny stuff before that. And they kind of settled into that serious role. And Definitely. everyone was super excited because he killed it. He was so good. Yeah, and, and and then there's Chris Pratt in there who's kind of oh, yeah. on the up at that point. He hadn't done he hadn't done Guardians of the Galaxy yet. He hadn't lost all that weight I yet. He was basically coming off of, you know, the string of success, I think, from Parks and Recreation at that point. So it was kind of like his first kind of Mm -hmm. quasi role, too. And then you have Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P., one of my favorite actors of all time. So that movie for me was just phenomenal. Okay, moving on. Number two, this is a bit of a weird one for me because it's like when you really look at like all those honorable mentions that we didn't even get to, like Coach Carter, Friday Night Lights, all the Rocky movies, man, like th- there's literally a statue, a permanent statue in Philadelphia. But you know what? I left it off. And you want to know why? Because Mighty Ducks D2 is my number two. Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Duck, man. I love that movie. The second it came out until now, I'm 31 years old and I still enjoy watching that movie. The quotable lines, the Bash Brothers, two minutes for roping. Again, <laughs> it kind of like, it kind of gets overlooked too at the fact that, you know, they're USA hockey and they have multiple women on the team and women that are probably some of their best players. And then on top of that, you have the knuckle puck. You, there's just, it changed, it changed sports, movies, 
in a fun way for me in the 90s. And uh, Wolf the Dentist Stanton, I know that you're listening, so I'm happy that you lost. Fuck Iceland. Yeah, it cemented itself uh, in just like hockey culture when you're a kid growing up and you're even playing street hockey, road hockey, whatever you're playing. You're, yes. Everyone shoots the knuckle puck and you know says those sorts yeah. of things. And I'm hearing that there's a remake uh, in the works. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on remakes uh. in general? And then could a remake do this one justice? I have obviously like super mixed feelings. I mean, they, they have been doing that quite a bit lately. Like we saw Boy Meets World came back as Girl Meets World. Honestly, I didn't really watch it, so I don't want to speak too and much. And you were big it, on that back it. in the day too. You were big on Boy Meets World. Loved I know. It. Oh yeah. I know. Oh yeah. Uh, Full House, they came back again. I didn't really watch it. I liked the original. I know from what I heard, people are saying it's like a little bit cringe because like the nineties was kind of cringe. So when you bring it back, it is kind of hard to mm-hmm. like overdo it that. Is. But I think those two, from what I understand, they really tried to keep to, you know, what that show originally was. So the Mighty Ducks one scare me a little bit because I've seen the previews and it just seems like now they're really going for like a super young crowd. Because in the first one, again, in the 90s, you got away with a lot of stuff. Like you had the Bash Brothers. Their whole job was to fight, mix it up, take their shirts off. They're partying at nighttime. Like obviously there were no drugs or alcohol, but obviously like they're... They're trying to appeal to like a much broader audience where now I see, okay, they have Emilio Estevez back, but the kids are a lot younger. Like they're not teenagers by the looks of it. They're kind of like, you know, that tweenish mm-hmm. area, which is kind of like, so now you're telling me, okay, you're not trying to appeal to teens. You're trying to appeal to like that eight to 12 year old. So I think I'm going to have a hard time, obviously, as an adult that doesn't have children watching that. Cause I think it's just going to be too babyish. Have you seen, have you seen the previews at all? Like what do you think? I haven't actually, I haven't, but you know, a lot of things have taken that step. Things that have come back, you know, wrestling WWE is now PG for the last few years. Uh, so, right. you know, obviously they're, they're following the money and following where they feel like a target demographic would, uh, would turn them the largest profit. I, and I understand that. Um, but of course for fans of the original and, you know, our generation, you know, I, mean, I know it's not for us, so it's, it's hard to complain obviously, but, but shouldn't it be, but sh- like that, that'd be my question, mm-hmm. right? Like, shouldn't it be at least a little bit for us? Cause like, what would, what's the point then of the reboot, right? It's like, wouldn't you try to capitalize on the success of the franchise and the success of the franchise would come from arguably the people that are now 25 to 35. So I assume, obviously, you're going to put out a youth hockey TV show. You probably still can't fully appeal to them. You have to appeal to a younger generation, but shouldn't there be some, like, undertones of, like, just fun and adult, not like this super, like, over-the-top Disney? Um, That being said... You know, we'll see when it comes out. I'll definitely check it out. Sometimes they have like that weird, like, I don't know, I still have to watch it kind of thing. And I still find it entertaining. And during COVID, like, honestly, I'll pretty much watch anything at this point. Um, <laughs> but what's your number two? Number two, I'm going to hit you with one right here. And this is one. This one actually was required viewing for me back in high school, um, okay. which is awesome. Remember the Titans. Wonderful. Remember movie. the Titans. And I remember um, a rambunctious classroom of grade 10s, uh, myself included in there, of course. And uh, yeah. we, we settled down, watched the movie. And when we finally got into it and it actually caught our attention, we just sort of all fell silent and watched the entire movie and wouldn't stop talking mm. about it or referencing it to this day even. And so I think it left an impact. It's such an emotional one. And I think as far as football movies and as far as really sports movies for me um it's just up there in terms of its memorability sometimes you know there was a point there where football movies sort of uh started to become like 
sort of duplicates of each other. Like you had Longest Yard right. remake, you had Gridiron Gang at the time. Um, you know, you had even movies like this is more of a dramatic piece, but like The Blind Side stuff like that. Um, but I yeah. still think you know, and those are all marvelous movies. I love them. Those definitely get honorable mentions from me. Um, yeah. But for me. The quintessential football movie is Remember the Titans, and I think it's due to the character writing, right? The characters mm. are memorable. Um, yeah. And just, I don't know, the set pieces, like I can see the uniform still in my eye. Like, you know what I mean? You close your, you close your right. eyes and you can just, you see, you kind of see scenes and pictures from the movie and you just remember them all these years later. So where does, where does that rank for you? And like, what, like, what do you think? Well, it's actually like a really good transition because Remember the Titans is my number one all-time favorite sports movie honestly for a lot of the reasons that you said right like the again i think this is one kind of like for you league of their own it wasn't as much of a football movie as just like an overall just fucking good movie right like denzel washington killed mm -hmm. that character obviously like the separations of the school in the south and being a black coach coming into a predominantly mm -hmm. white area taking over for a predominantly white school that had a coach that they loved mm -hmm. i think that it just it transcended sport for me and and again just bringing together you know great writing great storytelling the shots of the actual football were fantastic and then that cast was really really good you had Hayden Penetter young Hayden Penetter at the time like his daughter who now has gone on to amazing success as an actor and and she's actually married to like a gigantic like boxer. I feel like when I was younger, I always thought like I'm going to end up with like Aiden Penetere when I was, because I think we're close to the same age <laughs> when I'd be like nine or 10 years old. And then I remember like, a, like maybe five years ago or so, my buddy, like she got married and, and he sends me a text and he's like, yeah, well, she's off the table now, bud. And I see this monster of a man and I'm just like, oh my God, like I never had a chance. Well, after your Fred Van Vliet <laughs> octagon match, then you can get your teeth knocked out by uh, Mr. Penetere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. imagine that's the that's the transcension it's like i i start with a, a light exhibition fight against mr fred van vliet and i take on a professional boxer honestly that's not as far-fetched as the fucking loser logan paul and jake paul so i mean you know if if a youtuber can get a a fight against floyd mayweather then i'm due to play wayne gretzky in post next week yeah no honestly you know what sign me up i'd buy tickets for it i pay an exorbitant amount to watch that <laughs> we might have to take a couple weeks off because i don't know if you'll be able to talk <laughs> no i'll just gonna die like just leave me there it's over uh, but yeah no remember the titans again like you said it's a historical period piece um it's a commentary a social commentary on racism uh and camaraderie and sort of the brotherhood sisterhood of sports right all, yeah, all wrapped definitely. up into one and just a, a beautifully educational and entertaining and just well done quality movie um and well deserving of a number one spot and, you know, me following Thank it up you, with number sir. two, that says a lot. So I think I'm glad we can agree on some things. That was the only one, actually. So I'm actually really excited to hear your number one. Drum roll. Let the people know. Drum roll. My number one sports movie of all time, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. If you build it, we will watch this movie. <laughs> if you film yeah, it, we absolutely. will come. And uh, yeah. in all seriousness, no, I love the movie. And there's definitely parts where it's overtly cheesy. You have those classic late 80s, early 90s, uh, working on it montages as he's building the right. he's building the diamond. Um, you know, some one-liners in there. And um, Kevin Costner, I believe, is the actor there. And he is uh, he's milk toast at times. 
<laughs> you, I guess you could say. But what is what is milk toast? Uh, I have to bland vanilla milk toast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of neither yeah, yeah, here nor rice, there yeah. type thing. And right. you might be saying, Dan, you've only listed negative things about this movie. It settles <laughs> comfortably and warmly into the piece, or sorry, into the time that it released. It just feels like such a right. baseball movie, right? It's so it's so right. obviously trying to tug at your heartstrings, trying to tug at that sort of ages old, you know, parent and child dynamic playing catch, you know, playing catch with a guardian, a parent, a grandparent, <clears throat> excuse me. And, you know, tugs those heartstrings because by the end of the movie, once, you know, the, the members of the, the Black Sox start to appear on the field, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I assume most people have seen it. Uh, and then the writer, Mr. Kinsella walks out into the, uh, into the cornfield and disappears sort of jumping into it you just see there's something special to me and baseball kind of brings it out for me more than most sports is like all these men becoming boys again and it's like it's also historical piece again i would say this one leans more into the baseball side and kind of doesn't go as deep as it can into like the actual history of it um right but you know centered on the black Sox scandal and all these players getting sort of a shot at redemption you know namely shoeless joe um, and at the end, when he finally, you know, the main character gets to play catch with his dad again, who passed like a young version of his dad when he returns and he asks him, is, is this heaven? And he goes, no, it's, it's all cute. And he goes, no, it's, it's Iowa. <laughs> He's all cute. And it's just so, it's so quintessentially like baseball to me. And the cheesiness is all wrapped up into that. So that's why I just, every time I watch it, it never fails to make me cry. My cable box was glitched the other day and I was watching it and it replayed the ending like yeah. six times in a row. It just kept glitching back. <laughs> and I watched it every time and I go, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd bubble up every time. So, uh, where's where's the field of dreams for you? Like, uh, like, what do you think? I got to be honest. I honestly probably saw Field of Dreams once, like many years ago. So I don't have like a firm opinion on it. But I will say that I think that there is a line between like a cheesy movie and just like a warm, light-hearted tone right and i think there is a bit of a difference and i think that field of dreams at least from my recollection kind of hit more on like that light-hearted that warm feeling that you know you know life doesn't you know it's it's not just about like the stresses it's okay to like be in the moment have fun enjoy something i think that's kind of the beautiful thing about sports right mm-hmm. is like when we were kids we were you know, much more carefree than I think we are as adults. And I think that comes with a lot of, you know, a lot of real life things that make sense. But I also think that we start to just year over year move away from, you know, what's important from those moments, that daily moment of just have fun, be with people that you like. And I think, at least for me, when I go back out and like we play baseball, for example, you know, I feel... I don't feel my age anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't feel anything. I'm just focused on the game. I'm having fun. I, I, I'm light and loose. And I mean, and I think that that movie is a good representation of that. So I get the, I get the warm and fuzzy vibe. So I, I, I think that's a respectable first choice. And obviously, um, it's a classic amongst baseball fans. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you know, that feeling of trying to feel like a kid again. That you know, whether people like it or not, everyone past the age of twenty three is trying to recapture. That movie, I think, right. is a sort of quintessential uh, a bubble movie to watch with that. If you ever get the chance, I also read the book Shoeless Joe that it's book that it's based off of. I didn't even know it was based okay. off a book. If you ever get the chance and you ever you know have a have a moment to to read that, I'd highly suggest it. Uh, and just for an Instagram soundbite, let us recap our top three favorite sports movies. At number three, I had A League of Their Own. At number two, 
I've got Remember the Titans. And at number one, I've got Field of Dreams. Joshy? Yes, sir. Mine were number three, Moneyball. Number two, Mighty Ducks D2. Very, very specifically D2. D3 was good too, but D2. And number one, and this is where we agree, obviously with our one-two, Remember the Titans, phenomenal movie. Thank you all for listening. Again, this was a side episode. We're going to be back this Friday, and we're back every Friday letting you know everything that's happening in sports, giving you your jerks of the week. Let us know, though, what are your favorite three movies? Follow us on Instagram, TikTok now, Facebook, whatever is clever. Come, connect, leave us a message, tell us we're assholes. It's cool. And, Dan, we'll see you Friday. See you Friday. Take care, everybody. Have a good evening.